Perfect. Ready to go. And I'm rolling. Okay. Okay, I'm rolling too. Three, two, one. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to another episode of The Wocast. Joining me as ever, she is the danger, <laughs> the stranger danger. Actually, what kind of bullshit, what kind of bullshit is that? Let's take that from the top. Yes, please. Stranger danger. <laughs> yeah, let's start that one over. <laughs> People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess fucking what? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You've got nothing going on between your ears, bro. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, Michael Morgan. Welcome to this week's episode of The Wokecast. Joining me, my co-defendant, as always, is G. What's going on? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Mike, I act like you don't call me every Sunday and tell me what time you're going to call me. And I'm sitting here, when is he going to call me? We have so much to talk about. Where the fuck is he? So let's go. <laughs> oh, man. So you good, I take oh, it. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Last night was superb. And then it was early. Mm. After Justin went to sleep, Mike, I went to sleep, took a nap. It was a wonderful night. Didn't you love that it was early, Mike? Man, Shit. I woke up this morning and I felt... Fresh to death like a million bucks. You know, I threw on my ballet shoes and my fly green socks. You know what? I stepped out of my house. I said, oh, no. I went back in. I forgot my kangol. <laughs> Listen, we don't know how to act when these cards come on early. I done took a nap, woke up. It was crazy. It was wonderful. I hope they do it more often, Mike. It would be lovely for everybody to be on the same page like that, right? Gee, are you going to tell me that my reference to Slick Rick Ladi Dadi just went over your head right now. Oh no, I'm from New York. That? What are you talking about? I love that man. <laughs> Shit, you like I don't break out my can't go. Big up to the honorary Brit, um, Slick True. Rick. But yeah, that card was something else last night. I mean, talking about, you know, stack from uh, pillar to post, top to bottom. We've got so much to get through, so let's yeah, just crack let's on go. with the prelims. So in terms of what actually... Um, piqued our interest. I'm going to kick off mm-hmm. with Liana uh, Jejua. I know, you know, usually it's 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 me uh, doing okay with the pronunciation, but it is Jejua, right? I believe so. That's what the announcers are saying. So I go with them because mm. I know they practice. Liana Jejua. Yeah. yeah, and Miranda Maverick. I love the surname Maverick. I mean, talk about living up to your name. Like a Maverick, she busted up mm. uh, Liana. And, you know, she busted her wide open, basically, in the first. So much so, she almost, like, split her face in half. Now, it was like kind of a... The way in which she was marching forward, it was just like a Terminator, you know. For, when you think about it, what Jajua was throwing... Um, I'm not sure if you noticed. I'm not sure if, if, if I was the only person kind of like, you know, this irks. But I hate when fighters stand square on. What are you expecting apart from a busted face? <laughs> if you're going to actually... Squ- there's, no, there's no side stance. There's no left leg back. It's like square on. I think she just basically gave zero fucks. I don't think she's respected the striking prowess of Miranda Maverick because, I mean, in the first, as I say, ended in the TKO with a half-split face. That um, that Cutman just could not stop the bleeding and um, 
That elbow, that elbow, that elbow right down the middle yeah. was the beginning. Yeah, it was the beginning of the end for her. I mean, what did you make of that? You know, I'm I'm gonna say this, Mike. I did notice in the beginning, Leanna though was catching her with a mean right hand, and I was like, oh wow, I like this lady's Muay Thai. But that didn't last very long. I think that's why you didn't even mm. notice, and you think she got smoked. I did notice the right hand in the beginning, but what happened is what I love to see in MMA is that Miranda figured out right away that that right hand was dangerous, and she made the proper adjustments, Mike. Adjustment. Yes, mm. because she went from just single shots to like, no, I need to mix it up. And then from there, you could see her throwing kicks and body kicks and, and then more punches instead of just like pot shots. And and Liana yeah. could not adjust to that. So Miranda began to open up, open up, open up. And finally, the elbow from hell came out of nowhere and beautiful mm. TKO stoppage. And I agree with it as well. They couldn't stop the bleeding. Poor, Le- poor nah. Liana cried, no, 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 no. And I felt her. But, hun, if they don't stop the fight with your nose bleeding like that, it could lead to even worse injury. And I agree with the yeah. stoppage. Great fight. And also, too, Mike, remember, Miranda is a UFC, um, excuse me, is an Invicta vet. So I think she was able mm. to make those adjustments because she's she's been in the big leagues before. Seasoned. Yeah, she's seasoned. They have similar records. Miranda's 8-2. and two. Um, um, Liana's, what, 8-4. and four. Similar records when you look at them, but different paths, different journeys. And I feel like the, um, the Invicta career really helped her out in this and gave her that wisdom and that fight IQ to make the mm. adjustments. Love the fight. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Speeding on. Okay, uh, your turn. Pick one. What, oh, what, what actually so uh, piqued your interest? So many. Well, we got to talk about somebody. We got to talk about Alex Oliveira. Oliveira. You, you would think I would know mm. this name. I've been watching him for years. <laughs> Alex Oliveira, cowboy, versus um, mm. Shot um, Rachmanov. I know the last name. It's Rachmanov. And let me tell you. First round, immediately, I noticed Alex Oliveira moving beautifully, and I was impressed. He was in and out, never in the same space, definitely using that movement to try to gauge the range of his opponent. I knew what he was doing. However, once that Russian man from Kazakhstan figured out his range, he did it faster than Alex could. And then he hits him with Mm. a left hook, Mike, and a beautiful knee, and then he continues to clinch him up. Then in the clinch, Mike, I noticed Rachmanov is strong. He was utilizing the underhook so easily to control Alex. And then remember, mm-hmm. Mike, pay attention, <clears throat> listen to this. Alex Oliveira showed up overweight for this fight. And we know typically the overweight fighter has the, the strength advantage, the and they usually yeah. win. But that didn't mean shit against Rachmanov. He was still stronger than Cowboy. And while I'm still admiring Alex being quicker, and, and, and loving the footwork, it was Rachmanov that figured out the range quicker than him and was able to capitalize off that left hook, knee to the body, and then they falls up to the ground, they get back up. And then what does he do? He pulls a guillotine, like, what was that, what's that called? Um, almost like a stand, he drops down for a guillotine, and he pulls it yeah, off. It guillotine. Yeah, guillotine but finish. he, like, drops down, because he, like, jumps up and then takes him down. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So when I saw him choke out Cowboy like this, and I saw all that development and, and the strength of this fighter in, in the very first round, I said, Mike, I got to do some research on this cat. Man, oh man, mm-hmm. undefeated fighter, that's one. Former M1 champ. He has a 100% finishing rate, Mike, meaning when you fight him, you're going to die. You're going to die by KO mm-hmm. or submission. Like, he doesn't go to decision. And I think, honestly, Mike, we all need to familiarize ourselves with this man um, called um Rachmanov. I don't know much about him, but he's... Shokat Rachmanov. There you go. He's on my radar. Is he a Dagestani or a Chechen? Um, is it... Am I confusing the nations? Kasta, where, um, and where Valentina's from? Kasta... 
Kazakhstan. There you go. That's Russia, correct? Yeah. Yep, that's where he's from. Now, as, as soon as I got that persuasion and I knew that he was coming in representing that nation, I thought, nah, <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is over for, for Cowboy. That guillotine finish, it looked like he was going to pull his head off, like pull his head clean off. But it was just like this steely determined look. I just thought, nah, he's got this. Psychologically, he's prepared. And obviously, physically, he was prepared. Oh, absolutely. Talk about, you know, talk about repping your nation and repping your nation to the full, you know. Speaking of which, though, Mm -hmm. moving and segueing on. And Nathaniel Wood um, obviously felt that he was mm. repping the nation because his clash with Casey Kenny, what barn a barn burner. burner. For me, for me, that set the pace. That made me think, you know what? If that's the way that he's coming in, we are for in for an incredible yes. fight. Yeah, that pace, though, in the first. I swear to God, it's very rare that I say this about a fight, but I was literally, I know it's cliche, mm-hmm. but I was on the edge of my seat with my, with my, with my breath drawn. Like, I, I couldn't breathe. It was just like, it was incredible. when are these guys going to slow down? When are they going to stop? When is the pace going to actually let up? You know, Nathaniel Wood gave an excellent representation he of did. himself, but we called it. Mm-hmm. We knew that this was going to be the case. Casey Kenny in his last fight, you called it. This was one that I went back and I looked at. And he two-pieced this guy up. Now, in the run-up to this, uh, Nathaniel Wood Mm -hmm. was saying, well, yeah, that's very easy to do that against a guy who's not hitting back, Mm -hmm. who's not actually giving anything Mm -hmm. back, who's not countering, who's basically just standing there like a punching bag. That ain't going to be the case. And he was damn right. The thing that concerned me, though, about this fight, I don't know if you noticed, but Nathaniel Wood took a lot of trauma to the head. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of the Brad Pickett fighting style. And I thought, why should I be surprised? Why should it remind me? Why should it be reminiscent of Brad Pickett? Because that's his coach. That's his mentor. That is who he's taking his cues from. And I thought, does this actually fit Nathaniel as a fighter? It's not as though you can have a one-size-fits-all approach. I love Nathaniel when what seemed to be a, a constant theme of his is the dart in and out, cutting angles and actually just picking his man yeah. off. But it seemed as though he was quite happy to stand and trade, like blow for blow. Now, okay, well, it's a good showcase of your chin, but did you see his face at the end of yes, it? Yes, I did. It was reddened, like, like some kind of punch but ball. But you know why he couldn't cut those angles and usually do what you just said that Nathaniel Wood loves to do? It's because Casey Kenny, who yeah. had his kept, is defensively sound, and he's a great counterpuncher. Mm. So a lot of times when you want to cut those angles against Casey, he's already firing one back and cracking you, and, the, and he hits hard. So it was a little bit yeah. difficult for Nathaniel... I think, to navigate through that. But, Mike, I don't care what anybody says. This was a close fight, especially if you check the stats. You know what I mean? Like, first and foremost, shout out to Nathaniel Wood for never losing his step. Because I feel like even though Casey Kenny won the fight, he was slowing down a little bit. But he had the wherewithal to keep up with the strikes. But he just looked like he was the little bit of a more winded fighter, even though he was the winner. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. He is the definite winner, even though it was a, a close fight. I mean, he's he scored more head strikes. He scored more body strikes. And only Nathaniel Woods mm-hmm. had more leg strikes than him. And the only takedowns in the fight were two of them and both from Casey Kenny. That's something. So yeah. he won the fight yeah. fair and square. But let's let's admit this. Nathaniel has nothing to be ashamed of. He'll get another fight. And this was just a, a stellar performance on his part as well. Nothing to be ashamed of. He can be quite proud of I that. Think so. I mean, when you think of this being short notice, all the things, all the dangers that we spoke mm-hmm. about in the run up to this played against him, but still, he didn't get finished. Mm-hmm. He wasn't out there quickly. And, you know, he, he stood striking with yes. 
basically this this guy who was a truck ferocious yeah, this kid's a truck absolutely ferocious remember when we picked him on the last show we knew this kid is no joke okay mm. and i kept i said it on the other on a few weeks ago i said this kid is not a contender series pup he's a former champ that happened to make his way on the contender series this ain't no amateur yeah yeah. So he's a force to be reckoned with, and I'm really looking forward to more fights from him. And I want to see Nathaniel Wood again. He lost nothing in that fight. The fans are happy. No. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I bet you he's happy because I hope deep so. down he knows in terms of prep, yeah. probably way too quick to get back in there. Probably as well. Um, maybe the wrong opponent to go straight back Without in like there with on camp. such short yeah. notice. Like maybe Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. But... Even mm. with that, even with him not having a full camp, I still think his performance was remarkable. So, uh, you know, there's no sweat off my back with Nathaniel Wood. He just didn't get the win this time, and it was really close. But I really hope he's proud of his performance, because I am. Any more for any more before we, uh, we go into the main card? Absolutely. We, of course we have to discuss Stefan Struve versus um, Ty Tuivasa. <laughs> we have wow. to. Wow. You know why? Mm. Um, when are we going to discuss that Stefan Struve is five foot, um, what, a million and as big as a New York City skyscraper but can't use his range and length for shit? It is driving yes. me crazy. I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this before because you'd think oh. how, you know, this is Gulliver basically against one of the Lilliputians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd expect him to annihilate in terms it of range. It should come natural to like him. Keeping people at bay. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he's tall. He should be able to use his range and his length. And guess who does know how to use his range and his length, but we'll get to that later, Volkov. It's the polar opposite performance. Mm. A tall, lengthy fighter knew how to take out his opponent. This one fights like he's five foot three, but he's really six foot eight. I don't get it. Yeah. And I mean, damn, Mike, Tiavasa, all he did was pressure him until he got inside and just simply drop bombs on him. And it only took one round to do that. And then he dropped him with an uppercut and, the, and one second before the round ended right and then on top of it yeah. here's here's some more my god i'm thinking why aren't we talking about this more i think his chin is a little knocked here too you know i think it's mm-hmm. a little weak and i was not really excited when stefan struve announced that he was coming back to mma and most of us wasn't and this is why he has kind of like a win-lose career now he can't pull up a streak and i think his chin nah. is shot and i don't think he'll ever learn how to fight like a long fighter which would be to his advantage he just doesn't know how to fight like a tall guy and i think it's best for this for his safety his head you know brain de- you know injuries whatever you want to call it it's probably best for him to maybe take a step back or fight less and i hate saying that but I think the writing's on the wall for this kid, you know. But go you know, ahead, you know, what I've noticed, you know what I've noticed about um, tall people? Mm-hmm. They they are very conscious of their height, and they seem to do Not everything that they can to make themselves smaller. Yep. That's what. That's exactly like, what he you does. You know, stooping and, and like drooping shoulders and trying to make themselves or, or to get down to the level of right. people either they're competing or talking right. to. Right, and then it's weird. And then what happens is a guy like Tuivasa, you want to play those games? He just gets inside and beats you up. <laughs> That, and that's what yeah. we saw. But real quick on Tuivasa, I hate when we harp on, on someone too much. We also need to give him his props. Mike, he's had three losses yeah. in a row in the UFC. He could have been cut. He's fun and the fans like him, but we all know the UFC is cutthroat. Three losses in a row isn't good for any fighter. And I'm so happy that mm. he reminded us that he has heavy hands and that he can put on a show. And it kind of just makes us, it reminds us that he's here for us and to hang. And that I, hopefully he doesn't get cut. He's got the win. He's safe. And I'm happy about that. 
But Mike, did you also see that when he celebrated and his he, he, yeah, he, I was, he, I was yeah, that. he that's what I mean by Stefan's chin is gone, man. He caught he caught his heel by accident while he was celebrating, and the guy keeled over like he had got a knockout punch. And I, that's when I was like, man, his chin is gone. He can't even take a little toe to the to the head. You you know. I, I, I couldn't stop replaying that. It was a heel, basically. It looked like the top of and his And it wasn't head. very hard. And it was all, it, it was almost as though he, he was trying to get some kind of like compensation for right. that because it's, it registered and then all of a sudden he, he keeled, over. keeled over. And I thought, but it just grazed you, man. The, that heel grazed you as Taichi Vasa was doing his celebration mm-hmm. on the cage. His his heel grazed the side and he of Stefan Struve's head, and and yeah, he 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 was he was yeah, ghost. He died twice, <laughs> and that again, all jokes aside, Mike, I think his chin is shot. I mean, even the mm. uppercut was it precise and accurate? But I feel like Stefan Struve back in the day would have ate that, circled away, and kept fighting. This Stefan Struve yeah. goes down, and then he gets kicked in in the head by a grazing heel, and then he goes down again. I think he needs to hang mm. him up, and I hate saying that. You know I do, but. I wouldn't mind if he took a break. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looked kind of suspect. Thank you. I mean, Thank you. Un- unless Taito Vasa was going for KO of the night times two, he was trying to tri- um, double that bonus. Thank you. Um, it, it, was, it was kind of odd. It was very, very yeah. odd. He's but not well. <laughs> 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 Moving on to the main mm-hmm. card, Magomed uh, Ankalaev and Ion Kutalaba mm-hmm. finally did the do, and without any hesitation this time, there was no way that you could say that this was a fluke. They ran it back, and for me, this was a feature presentation brought to you by CTE. Did you <laughs> see the way that when he landed on the canvas, his head bounced back? Oh, yeah. But then, you know, it was almost as though, you know, he, he was he was dribbling with his head. It basically just banged him into the canvas to say, look, thank you very much for your uh, for your service and thank you for the rematch, but I'm not taking any chances here. Um, first of all, Mike, when the first time they fought, um, Ankalev um, leg kicked him 50 times and the, and Eon did not move. So before that fight was stopped, I was like, Mike Mamed going to kill this man. And I simply took yeah. that energy to this fight. I did not pick Eon. I picked Magomed Ankalev strongly to win this fight. And when he beat him up, I knew this would happen. I hate to sound cocky, but... I don't know why anyone would have picked Eon, especially after the first fight when he was smoking him before the fight got stopped. And secondly, mm. look at that silly little punch Eon threw that got him caught up. What the <laughs> hell was that? That's how I swat at my cat when he's on the damn counter. You know what I mean? Like, when he did that, I was like, kill him, Uncle Lev. That's what you get. I bet you if he rewatches that fight, he's going to regret that because that little swatting at your cat type of punch threw him off balance. And Makhmed is too good of a fighter for you to do that silliness with him. And that's why you saw his head bounce off the floor like that. But I think, um, again, I'm going to tell the listeners and you, Mike, we need to pay attention to Ankalov. He's only had one loss because he made a horrible mistake with your boy Paul Craig. If he had yeah. not held on to Paul Craig for that long, he would have smashed him too and be undefeated. He is a force to be reckoned with, and we're going to be talking about him, and he's going to be in title contention in, in, in not too long. You see, that's why I was going to ask you, rain me in. I was going to ask you to rain nope. me in, but it sounds like I'm talking to the wrong mm-hmm. person because Uncle I have looked ferocious. He, he looked like a force to be reckoned mm-hmm. with and definitely up there in title contention right now. Thank now, you. bear in mind, bear in mind, though, that his career is fairly young. Bearing in, bearing in mind or bearing in mind that, you know, what happened with Paul Craig just shows that, you know, he is susceptible right. to mistakes. Right. But uh, am I being 
really too keen on this guy by saying, you know, he's he's going to be a title contender? Uh, no, I, I just don't think it's going to be tomorrow because he doesn't <clears throat> have like the backing of the fans yet. Like we're not talking about him mm. enough probably for Dana to start that path. But I think eventually we will see that because he keeps knocking people out in ferocious fashion and his only loss yeah. is a dumbass mistake. And I'm telling you, if, 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 he, had, if he had let go of, of Craig's arm, he would have pummeled him. Yeah. And other than that, he's been near perfect. And even in their first fight with Eon, it was very obvious he was going to beat the brakes off of him when he kept kicking him like that. And he took that into the second fight, and that's what we saw. Round one, KO. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Next up, Lauren Murphy versus Lilia Shari- Sorry, Shaki- Shakirova. Shakirova. Get it out there. Yeah. Now... That, I have to say, was a very patient, methodical performance from Lauren Murphy. She said in the lead-up to this that she wanted a sub, and she got it. She got that first sub win that was elusive to her. And think about this. She did this in the BJJ capital of the world. I was very impressed with Lauren Murphy. Oh, I was too. But I wasn't surprised. She's somebody that every fight she's getting better and better. And her hunger for that title shot is getting better thirstier and and it's growing with each fight lauren murphy truly believes that she can be a champion one day and she's fighting like she wants to fight for that chance now here's my Mm. thing on that beautiful performance love the second round um sub and i also love how she was calm composed and she showed this woman i've been fighting in the ufc longer than you and i'm the better fighter and that's what we saw and that post-fight speech, that's how you fucking command a mic. When somebody puts a mic in front mm-hmm. of you and says, what do you want from the UFC? You better do what this lady says and be like, excuse me, and just give a speech. <laughs> that's, that would be me. I'd be like, thank you for your time, folks. I would give a speech. You got to get people's attention. However, I want to see her fight Cynthia Cavillo. Because remember, Cynthia was supposed to fight her, and she, something happened. I don't what, remember what the reason was, but she could not fight her, so they got Lily to take her place. I need one yeah. more with Lauren, and I need her to fight Cynthia Cavillo, and then I'll, I'll be ready to see her fight for the title. Because I don't really know much mm-hmm. about Lily. How do we know this woman? How good is Lily? You know, like, was this Lauren Murphy really, is she that good? Or is this woman Lily, we don't know much about her? What's going on? Give her Cynthia Cavill. Well, we know what she's capable let, of. Let, let's face it. This was a stand. This was a stunt double. This enabled, <clears throat> excuse me, Lauren Murphy to stay right. on the card. So um, right. we know that this was a subpar opponent. And that's but, why I think she needs um, to fight Cynthia. You know what I mean? Like, give yeah, her somebody we're yeah. all familiar with that is tough, and then we'll talk about, mm. you know, um, fighting for a title. She kind of, she might have got a gimme fight with Lily. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with her, but you seem to agree too. But give give yeah, her Cynthia first. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Next up, Jacob Malkoon and uh, Phil Hawes. Mm. Now, mm. I'm naming him No Pause Hawes. Did you see that for us? It was right from the get-go. It was like, look, I'm getting this done in one. And got that KO. Yeah. Am I right in thinking, though, that he didn't get a bonus for that? I'm not sure. I'm, I I don't think he got the bonus because there were so many other fights. But How is that possible? I don't know, but hopefully Dana still gave him a little something. You know, there's a lot of... Locker room Yeah, there's a lot of under-the-table bonuses, so I'm hoping he did. Mm. And he, you know why he deserves it? From, from my research and from what I'm hearing, I didn't do too much research, Mike, but I'm hearing that he was a contender series dude and that every time he was supposed to step up in the UFC, he lost at a pivotal moment. So he got like a 
second chance with this fight. So he didn't waste any time. He cut the guy off in the cage. He went straight forward, and he pulverized him. That's the only way you can describe what happened. He punched the guy until the guy didn't have to get up anymore, and that's it. He has no injuries, maybe just like a scratch or two on his knuckles. If Dana should give him another fight right away. Let Next yeah, week. let the fans get to know this guy and give him another shot quickly. He has no injuries, and I'm sure he's not expensive. Dana, turn around, mm. put him on the card again. I want to see him again. I mean, what a mm. performance! And it's just what the fans like. You go out there, you beat somebody up, you go home. We like that shit. What did you think of Walt Harris versus man, uh, Alexander Volkov? Man, well, well, I'll tell you this: Alexander Volkov mm. fought the way Stephen Struve should have. You see the difference, Mike. Volkov, he kept Walt Harris on the outside of his long legs and punches because he was the taller, longer fighter. That is what you're supposed to Mm. do. So he mastered the distance first and teed off, and that's what we saw. And that front kick that dropped Walt Harris was one of many. He was just setting it up. And every time Walt Harris managed to find his way on the inside, Volkov front kicked his ass right out. And he finally found the sweet spot, and Walt couldn't take it anymore, and he died and passed out. And that's what I think I saw that night. But it broke my heart. You know, we're still, we're still invested in Walt's family and his, his child that unfortunately passed away, and we so desperately want to see him win. So, Mike, so yeah. Mike I want the UFC to give – I want Walt to – I hate to say it, but maybe he needs to go down in the rankings or maybe just have opponents that are lower ranked so that we can all see him get that win that he deserves after what he's been through. No more Volkovs. I think there are a couple of tells mm-hmm. there. Maybe I'm reading too much into mm-hmm. this, but there was too much covering up, too much freezing from every so single too. shot that was thrown. That yeah, high guard, it, that, right? That was a worry. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I know it was a teep, and teeps can be vicious to the sternum. They hurt. Teeps can be vicious, you know. But to hear a fighter audibly scream, ah, mm-hmm. was just frightening. Plus, okay, I'm not going to take anything away from Volkov. You're right, he did everything that he should have in terms of range and yes. keeping um, Walt Harris on the outside. Mm-hmm. But that, that visual tell and the way in which he screamed was... Yeah. I think a worrying kind of like indication that maybe he was obviously bringing in an injury yeah, into that because that. there was too much flinching going on as though, you know, he was trying to protect himself at all costs in terms of, you know, he knew he was carrying but, an injury. But in have there. we ever seen Walt Harris on the back end like that and also with that high guard? And then not only that, his posture yeah. and, and sinking into mm. the high guard. I noticed it right away. I was like, why is he sinking into his defense? Why is he like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. With every shot, you know what I mean? Like he was, yeah. he was reactive, and then the poker face was gone. I understand that some of these shots are very painful, but Walt was just like, "Ow, shit, ow, mm. ow!" And I was mm. just like, "Oh, that's not good." If, the, if if I was Volkov, I would be very pleased with him crumpling like that. And I think it led to his demise. And I think you're onto something, Mike. Maybe he was injured because we've never seen Walt Harris flinch like that. Nah, and that, like I said, that audible, ah, yeah. that was, that was, yeah. that was kind of like, that was yeah. horrible. I say give him somebody that's an easier fight and rally behind him so we can kind of, you know, continue with that story. And con- we, we want to see him win. We don't want to see this anymore. We, the guy needs a break, you know? Yeah. Robert Whittaker and Jared Cannonier. Now, I'm not sure if you saw the embedded in the lead mm-hmm. up to this. Shouldn't laugh, but you know, it's 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 worrying when a man puts so much store in crystals, so much <laughs> so that you know he's using that to build him up. I mean, who is he? Pound shop. 
Thanos or what? I mean, with the, with the, with the whole crystals coming with him with the on on the journey, it made me think. Come on, I, are you that reliant on these stones to bring you home the victory? How about reliance in your own capabilities? And he did look quite good. But, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That outside leg kick from um, Cannoneer was doing the business. Why he didn't, like, stick with that, I don't know. Why that wasn't, like, integral to, you know, him actually advancing on um, Whitaker, I don't yeah. know. But... It was just worrying that something that was obviously, well, I think it was bothering Whitaker to the extent where, you know, to a certain extent, I saw him hopping a couple of times yeah. that he just didn't like get or well, ratchet that All up. Right. Well, here, let me let me tell you, I think I kind of can figure this one out for you, right? Mm. I picked Jared. And then as I did more research and thinking at the last goddamn minute, I was like, why did I pick Jared? Let me tell you why. He is, Robert Whitaker is more sophisticated and complicated than than um jared jared just has power and his quirky little crystals and and his personality okay but we're ignoring the Mm -hmm. fact that he's a pretty basic fighter he's a pretty much low leg kicks one twos and doesn't really counter all the time unless you're coming in for a takedown like jack hermanson i think we've all fallen in love with his win streak and the power but we forgot that robert whitaker just has more tools to beat his opponent and we saw that we saw the speed advantage we saw the footwork Mm -hmm. we saw the fates Mm -hmm. that that Jared was falling for. And we saw the setups. Don't forget that beautiful jab. Fake the straight right, but instead, look at my right hand, my leg's coming up and I kick you in the face. He (laughs) did that more than once. And finally, and Jared, even though Whitaker kept teasing him with that, he finally connected and put him on the stanky leg. And Whitaker gave him no opportunity to land any of those power bombs because he is the more complicated fighter. Jared is the more simpler fighter. And it played out just as I thought it would at the last minute, even though I picked the wrong fighter. So I think the reason why he couldn't keep up with those leg kicks that you fell in love with, Mike, was that Robert was just too much for him. And it showed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was uh, either the left eye. Yeah, I think it was the left eye mm-hmm. that must have, like, you know, impaired his Yeah, his, that his eye started to close, because too. Mm-hmm. It looked bad. It was from the jab. Mm. It was from that constant jab that um, Whitaker was using to feel him out and get the range so that he could set up that yeah. fake straight right and then the leg kicks and then that in and out movement. And the feints were beautiful. I, I, I really mm. don't know why I picked... I fell in love with Jared's power like everybody else. I figured if Jared caught him once, Robert Whitaker was going down. But like I said in the last minute i was like gina what's wrong with you robert whitaker is fast this and that and jared just got power in them crystals yeah the fuck so Mm. (laughs) i like the crystal thing you know i like that jared talks about his crystals but when he's on ufc embedded he doesn't talk about his dangerous quantum conspiracy theories he leaves that on his twitter page and ig i like that he separates like the nonsense from like this is my personal page and how i feel about conspiracy theories but during the embedded Mm. he only really talked about crystals i'm like thank you for not getting me upset because your political views don't align with mine just do that shit on your twitter page thanks so i appreciate i've got a sneak go ahead i've got a sneaky feeling that was edited out I you guarantee think so? you. Thank God. Anybody who is Q Anon, they are very, very reluctant to turn the volume down. Really? That's all they want to yeah. talk about. I think they focused on the crystals because, you know, really and truly that. <laughs> I guarantee it's different you and it sold us. Q Anon. 
Yeah, well, not only that, QAnon probably made up 90% of the conversation oh, maybe you're right. and 10% crystals. Yeah. But then, then shout out to the person that edited it because I did kind of notice there were no conspiracy theories, but people on anime mm. Twitter, because I tweeted like, I like him in this crystal meditation stuff. It's so weird and he's so quirky. And then someone was like, girl, don't go on his Twitter page. He's Quanon. And I was like, ew, never mind. <laughs> so I'm glad they, shout out to whoever edited that out if that's true because I don't want to hear it and we already have Colby and we already have enough negativity. And and it is also yeah. wrong to spread misinformation, Jared. It's very dangerous at a time like this. So we didn't need it. Shout out to that person who edited him out. Hmm. Main event, Khabib the Megamadov versus Justin Gaethje. Mm. Now, I've already given mm. my 25. I hope you saw that on the timeline. I give my 25 <laughs> cross-ups for, I don't know why, what possessed me I was to, about to ask. go against Khabib. Mm-hmm. You know what it was? Yeah. I just think that no one had actually seen Justin Gaethje's um, wrestling showcase. No one has actually seen how Justin deals with the pressure that uh, Mega Maidor, um well brings to the table. Mm. But this is a feature of his fighting style that ensures his win each and every time. No one can actually keep up with the pressure. No one. It's, it's almost like a panic look in people's faces when he starts just just come forward. I mean, even though he was taking some shots, showed his chin as well. Yeah. She's taking some shots. He still kept going forward, kept that pressing forward, forward pressure, kept pressing yeah. that pressure. Yeah, that was it's terrifying. What did you reckon? Well, I thought it was a, I reckon it was a complete and utter domination by Khabib. You know, like, um, mm. there's, it's, even though I picked Khabib to win, Mike, because remember the last show I picked him to win, and, I, and my um, prediction was that Justin was going to land at some point and send him on skates. Like, when Mike, remember when Michael Johnson hit Khabib and he was stunned? And yeah. Remember when Dustin yeah. did it? I was at least Mm -hmm. expecting that from Justin, but what I saw was Khabib eating his heaviest shots. And don't forget, did you hear Justin screaming with every heavy shot that he threw and Khabib literally just kept coming forward? I was Mm. so afraid. How demoralizing must that have been? Yes, because don't forget, how many times did we see Justin dig down and hit Tony Ferguson with those same shots he hit Khabib with? And Tony did a damn 360 Mm. and got beat up so badly. What did Khabib do? Nothing. The same shots that spun Tony Ferguson in a 360 did absolutely nothing to Khabib. Then he began to outstrike him, and he kept putting up such wonderful pressure that Justin was exhausted by the end of round one, and he has beautiful cardio. He's never tired. And it was just beautiful. And then that transition to the triangle, like it was smooth as butter. Like yeah. when he put yeah. his little toes behind his knee, I was like, oh, fight's over. Khabib too smooth. <laughs> and then he, and then you saw Justin tap out, go to sleep. I thought it was one of his, the best performances I've ever seen in Khabib. He was not here for any games. He was going to honor his father. And I kind of had a feeling he mm. would. I just was shocked that, that Justin didn't land nothing that hurt him. Well, well, he did. He just literally walked through. That's what them, I mean. Though. And yeah. I feel, I, I feel as though walking through left, right, straight to the jaw just shows you the poker face of Khabib. Because did you hear? Did you see? Um, Dana White was talking about the fact that in the run-up he had mumps. In the run-up, Jesus. you know, as well as dealing with a family tragedy, he also had a broken foot. Yeah. So all of this, and to top it off. Be poker faced when you're taking those lefts, those straights, those rights. 
Come yeah, on. The mental fortitude. That is a wicked poker face. Yeah, the mental fortitude mm. that Khabib has is on another level. And I believe his mentality, that mental fortitude is another reason why he's 29 and 0. Yeah. And also, let's talk about yeah. this, Mike. Remember, um, I believe it was Kairos and a lot of people on MMA Twitter were telling me, Gina, don't forget those low kicks, Justin, and those low kicks. Those low kicks are going to mm. keep Khabib mm. in the center of the octagon. I remember a lot of folks telling me that. Mike, did you see Justin connect with a low kick and um, Khabib stumbled and still managed? to take him down and put him on his yes, ass yes I almost yeah. I almost fainted I was because ate that low kick and just Mike he down. didn't just eat it it affected him he kind of was like oh but still jumped on his back and took him down yeah, that's what Ooh. I'm saying he used that to his advantage it, that 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 low kick was a level change for him right. think about it exactly after that happened boom took I, him down I did not expect I expected Khabib to block low kicks not eat them and then be like I'll take you down anyway even while I'm going down I was like what the f- this man is a machine Oh my God, it just goes to show you, I see a lot of people arguing about whether he's the GOAT or whether he's this and this and that. I don't know what to call him, but he's something. That's all I know. He's something awfully special, you know? He's a terrifying, yes. relentless steamroller of a performer. Yeah. That's what he yeah. is. It, it, we can go on and on, but he's a scary dude that is probably one of the best fighters in the world ever, ever, ever. I don't, I don't know what the title I, is, but man, whatever work ethic that question. father put in him, it worked. Go ahead. Oh, definitely. I've got a question mm-hmm. for you, though. What do you think of the retirement and the retirement speech? I think... Do you think... Do you feel like we've, we're, we've been robbed of, basically, um, some incredible matchups? We, we're not, never going to see um, Khabib versus Tony. Um, we're never going to see Khabib versus McGregor, too. Do you think that we've been robbed of some um, matchups? First off, on, on his retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, his retirement, um, I think... It came sooner than I thought. I thought he would at least go for 30-0 and or 31-0. and And yeah. also, he, he yeah. played us, too. At the Abu Dhabi presser, people kept asking him about retirement. You know what his response was? Are you guys trying to get rid of me? And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, he ain't retiring after this. Because I remember... Um, even Kairos tried to get us ready for his retirement. Remember Kairos's last segment on Shots Fired was about, hey, why do you keep pushing this guy if he's going to retire any second? Yeah. And I wanted yes. to say, we really don't know if he's going to retire Kairos, but he was yelling so much, I didn't even want to, you know, I didn't want to make Kairos <laughs> mad. But, but he was right. He was right, right? Because I was about to be like, I felt like Khabib, when Khabib at the presser was like, y'all are tired of me mm-hmm. or something? Why y'all keep talking about retirement? I feel the same way. I'm like, guys, we don't really know when he's going to retire. So so when he took off his gloves and he said he was retiring, and then he said his mother told him to because his family does not want him to fight, specifically his mother, yeah. without his father. Yeah. That shit is true, Mike. We're never going to see him again. When it comes to honor, mm. legacy, and family, um, Khabib honors that. And if his mother told him to hang him up, that's what he did, and we're never going to see him again. And yes, we are going to be robbed of some matchups, but I respect his decision. You know what I love? The fact that he came into this game. Remember, this is like a an unknown entity, an unknown boy from a small village in Russia. And he came in on his own terms. Mm-hmm. He has now transformed his life. He's a multi-millionaire. And he's left the game. On top. Basically with the stature of a legend, a living legend, with his faculties in place. That's how you retire. His pride yes. and legendary status is phenomenal mm-hmm. you cannot buy that 
incredible. So, I, I totally support his decision to leave the game. But no, just like yourself, I did think he'd go for the 30 and 0 and then call, yeah. it, a, call it a day. But no, good and for him. And especially after he duped us. It was words out his mouth at a presser that just yeah. happened two days ago when he was like, guys, calm down. You're tired of me? He threw us for a loop there. You know, mm. I prob- you know, mm. he was kind of keeping us guessing there. But I fell for it. I was like, see, Kairos, he's not retiring. And then he threw the gloves at the dam. At the, at the octagon, and then he cried, and so, oh man, it was such a such a splendid, but also like heart wrenching night for MMA fans. You know, you're happy to see the performance, sad to see him go, sad his father died. It was just an emotional roll. It's probably why I went to sleep right afterwards. I was tired, like <laughs> I was emotionally exhausted, Mike. But what a performance! Ah, oh, tell yeah. me about it. Now we've got a few questions as um, this, I have to say, threw up a lot of issues, mm-hmm. a lot of um, topics came out yeah. of this. And um, let me just run down the list of people who we've got in terms of audio. So first up, here's Natraj, who um, is a regular on the Wokecast. Hey, Michael. Hi, Gina. So my question is regarding Robert Whittaker. He looked very good against Cannoneer, or as I like to call him, the dollar store Thanos. <laughs> and the question is, where does he go from here? He didn't show me anything like that would tell me a rematch with Izzy would go any different. But then he's already beaten Till. He's beaten Romero twice. He's beaten Cannoneer. Maybe a fight with Costa, but not really interested in that either. division. Connor versus Dustin for the title. Tony versus Chandler for the number one contender. Sign me the fuck. I hear that. I I really do feel that they should throw him straight in with Izzy. I think he's earned it. He looked incredible last night. Plus, you can see that he's made some serious adjustments. I I think Izzy versus Whitaker 2, I don't, I'm struggling to see where you'd place him after a performance like that. How about you? Yeah, Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of like with Natraj. I don't feel like Robert Whitaker showed us anything that is going to give Izzy problems if they go about it again. But you mm. honestly just can't deny him a title shot just because you Thank think you. you can't beat him. You know, so mm. he's mm. probably the number one contender. We all wanted Jared to, to kind of fight. You know, we want everybody to take turns fighting Izzy. Like, we want to feed yeah. Izzy. But unfortunately, Robert Whitaker interrupted our plans with Jared. And since he did that, he fights Izzy next. That's all. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see from that. And you never know if he surprises us. But I don't think stylistically um, that's a good matchup for him. And I think Izzy does it all over again. But maybe it'll be a bit more difficult because Robert seems to be firing on all cylinders. And he looks good right now. Maybe it's a more competitive yeah. fight. But he fights Izzy. It's the right thing to do, Natraj. So next up from Combat Sports with Rhino is Todd Rhino. Hey, Mike and G. It's your homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So we've just ended our uh, pretty long stretch of events over there in Fight Island. Uh, We're headed back to Las Vegas for next weekend's card. So we've had a lot of fights in both Las Vegas and on Fight Island. From a, from a, just a perspective of like aesthetics, I love the Fight Island. I love kind of the glitz and the glam and how nice and high-end all of the amenities are for the fighters. Um, but as far as the in-cage fighting, I really like Vegas because it's a smaller <laughs> ring. It feels more intimate. So I really can see the benefit of both. Um, if I had to choose, I would say I like the Las Vegas venue better watching it because like I said it just feels like it's more intimate with a smaller cage and uh, it just feels 
I don't know. I enjoy it more. What about you guys? What do you guys prefer? Do you guys prefer Fight Island or UFC uh, events in Las Vegas? I feel that there's a certain gravitas to Fight Island. There's a certain majesty to yeah. it in terms of like the big matchups having to take place outside of the States. And particularly like last night when they really catered to a European audience. Fight Island for me kind of like gives it like the scale that mm-hmm. Vegas can't really accommodate. Plus, I love the brand that they've given to Fight Island as well. The flight capital of the world now. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I've drank all the Kool-Aid for Fight Island. I know it's fake. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not an island. I know it's just a venue in Abu Dhabi, and I'm acting yeah. like, you know, it's an island. I don't care. I love it. And plus, like, remember when we kept getting cards in Vegas? After a while, I was burnt out because I was like, where are the international fighters? Like, I was tired mm. of just American versus American, and I'm really ha- happy to have Fight Island because I just know that here come the Brits. Here come the Brazil. You know what I mean? Like, more international fighters yes the Dagestanis are coming so I just feel Mm. I feel Rhino the smaller cage is fun and it's in the states and it's a lot of fun but I prefer Fight Island I feel like a tourist I'm on vacation and I'm loving it so I would say a Fight Island all the way for me (laughs) next up wait a minute Mike no 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 why I want to fight you I want my questions too (laughs) (laughs) stop it I want to fight you. I'm like, let me get in on one. Can I sneak one in real quick from our um, tweet questions? We've got loads of tweet questions. So what I was going to do, I was going to run through the audios because we've got oh, okay, a, a you couple, got it. couple left. You got it. My bad. I didn't know. I was, I was over here having an anxiety attack. Like, Mike, please. No, no, no. I want to take as many questions as we can okay, today, bet, to be honest with bet. you. So we're, we're, we're good. Okay. Keep Next going. up, Ty Walden. Hey, Michael. Hey, Gina. Ty Fly Guy 15 here. Absolutely gutted for Habib. Saw it coming, but I'm really glad he got, he got to go down top. As for the future of the lightweight division, I wish the UFC would do something like Bellator does with oh, yeah, yeah. the Grand Prix. Um, but I would say Tony could have... We I would actually say Tony Gaethje... Poirier and McGregor, maybe throw in Chandler and find three others and do a Grand Prix tournament. That's what I would do. But I would say if they do have McGregor and Poirier, they could fu- one of them could fight Gaethje for the undisputed title. Mm. Those are just my thoughts. Mm. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, I was itching for someone to like talk like this because I have my thoughts yeah. on this as well. I'm so happy Ty brought this. I was going to bring it up anyway with someone else's questions, but go ahead, Mike. <laughs> no, I, I love the the, mm. the Grand Prix idea. I love the kind of like mini man or um, kind of like a, a six man tournament yeah. over one night, though. Mm. I like them all being on one card. That would be a mega card. Yeah. Which you know, really and truly, when you think about it in terms of timescales, why can't that take place in, exactly. in January? Love the idea. Yeah. Here's my idea. How about you? Oh, mm. oh, Mike, I'm 100% on board with you and Ty. Shout out to Ty for that awesome uh, topic to be discussed. Here's my idea mm. on things. My tournament would be this. It's not a six-man tournament. We already have contenders here, and they're Connor, um, Justin, Tony, Chandler. You know what I mean? So here's, here's my yeah. thing. Have Connor fight Justin. And throw in Tony and Chandler and maybe Dustin and somebody else. And let's figure out 
the winner of these brackets and have them fight for the time. You know what I mean? Like have a couple yeah. of brackets and whoever just is at standing at the end of these brackets between Connor, Justin, Tony, Chandler, yada, 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 maybe throw somebody else in there, another contender. And mm-hmm. let's have a bracket. And here's another why- reason to have a bracket. The UFC has yet to do that. Why not do something fresh and exciting? You're always doing tough over. You, we have contender series. Why not yeah. do something for the first time ever and have an official bracket? Have an official fucking tournament, just like Bellator mm-hmm. does. It would be superb. It would be fun, and you have the fighters to do it. And mind you, Mike, I said Connor, Justin, Tony, and Chandler, and throw in some random person that might be able to just cut through. You know, like, like a um, what's the what's the, that word called? Like when someone is um a, a dark horse of the division. So throw someone yeah. in there. Throw throw a name that we don't expect in there, and have a tournament. It would be so mm-hmm. much fun, but I don't think Dana's into that, and I don't think Dana wants to look like he's copying Bellator. I think that's why we've <laughs> never seen a tournament. I think it's a 100% pride thing. One hundred percent correct. Yep. Yeah, that it is. It's an ego thing. Yeah, it's like we're not going to do what the B leagues does, and I have a feeling that's why he does that. But little does he know that we would love this right now, and he has the fighters <laughs> to do it. You know, makes me mad. <laughs> Okay, just before we go to your long list of uh, Twitter mm. questions, got one more to sneak in, and that is our man, Aaron Jackson, from the Fighting With Myself podcast. Nice. What's up, G? What's up, Mike? This is Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast, and I want to talk about Magomed Ankalaev. Now, this man waited for so long for that rematch with Iwan Kutsalaba because he kept getting tested positive for COVID, only to starch him in the first round. Now, obviously, it took a little bit longer uh, than the first time, which was admittedly a premature stoppage. But did anyone think it was going to go differently? I mean, <laughs> why did we have that rematch anyway? N- nevertheless, my question is, where does he go from here? In my opinion, he's a very exciting light heavyweight. And uh, although ranking-wise, it doesn't make sense right now, I think a fight with him and Jan Blachowicz would be very interesting. Or perhaps um, Yuri Prochaska. Mm-hmm. Um, get at me. See y'all in the wild. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? Um, Go first. First and foremost, I want to plug his podcast. I think everybody in MMA Twitter, if you're not listening to Fighting With Myself podcast, you need to do it mm-hmm. right now. I mean, he's he's rapping, he's he's singing, he's doing all types of shit, and he's talking about the fights in detail. He knows what he's talking about. Shout out to Juice. I'm. I think we need to give Ankalov, um, you know, give him Johnny Walker. Give him. There's a whole bunch of people he could fight, and I also think maybe Jerry as well. But I don't want Jerry. I, that's a very intense fight, and I don't want to cancel either one of them out. But I definitely think we need to step up Ankalov. I could maybe see Jerry, and also yeah, maybe Johnny Walker at some point. That would be a lot of fun. But it's just time to bump Ankalov up those rankings and get him up there. Because remember, Mike, we just talked about eventually he's going to be in contender, you know, title contention. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I'd like to see him against Alexander Rakic. I just think oh, those yes. two styles, man, that yeah. would be one hell of a matchup. Plus, that kind of like shows the real standard. Where are you really at? Yeah. Give him Alexander Rakic. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I, I think it's just you, you give him somebody above him, period. You know, you give him mm. just as Ankalov keeps destroying people, you make the fighters, you make the fights harder for him. Because eventually he's going to make his way to the top. So challenge him some more to see if he's a real contender. That's what I say do with him. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. Um, okay. I know you've been chomping at the bit. 
your Twitter questions. Yes, we Let's need... Let's go through all of them. But we're not going to go through all of them. You know some of these people are crazy. But I got you some good ones. Here. This mm. is from um, King Kranz. He said, what did you think about Khabib's suspect weigh-in? What did you think, Mike? Do you, did you see the let's, suspect weigh-in? Let's, let's call it as it is. That was not Khabib making weight. That was too quick a shuffle in terms of the weight and the way that the, um, the, 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 the um, what do you call him, the um, commission, mm-hmm. uh, or whoever the chap was organizing the weight. Um, that looked hella suspect. And I was kind of like, ah, you sneaky fuckers. I mean, <laughs> uh, we got the fight that we wanted to see at championship level. And we got to see um, Khabib walk off with his legendary status. I'm not mad at it, to be honest with you. But no, that was really suspect. Um, I'm not only mad at it, but I also think if any cheating took place, it wasn't Khabib. It was the man that quickly pushed that um, that that scale. It was like, <laughs> oh, wait, done. Yeah. yeah, like, so I think everybody, because there was a bunch of people that were mad at him on my timeline. And I remember being mm-hmm. like, did you want him to miss weight? And then we missed the fight. And then <laughs> y'all wanted Chandler to fight? I didn't. Um, yeah. And also, too, remember, don't direct your animosity to the wrong person all Khabib did was get up there and he was maybe what a weight of half a pound off or one pound off which isn't much but he did his best he got up there and if anyone cheated it was the guy who was in charge of the digital scale so don't be mad at Khabib Mm -hmm. and be happy we got the fight and we saw what we saw like I don't know sometimes I feel like MMA Twitter wants to complain more than actually enjoy fights no but you know I can see where it's coming from because facts are facts um, whilst he didn't physically cheat, he was assisted there. A big yeah, assist. Yeah, there, there, it was yeah. clear that the weight that was called out was not the weight that was uh, being uh, shored up there. When that man flung that thing, that device to the side and was like, made weight, went there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, great, yeah. perfect, great. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I was like, great, perfect. He's on weight, let's go. I didn't give a fuck, Mike. I, you know, let him cheat. I'm happy. If I knew that man, I would send him some um, edible arrangements. Thank you for saving the fight. That's how I see it. <laughs> Um, let me see. You said three, so that was um, one. Let me give you another. Let's talk about rankings, Mike. Did you notice that people are getting kicked off the rankings left and right? And yeah. Um, yeah. Th- let, let's let's go into very very quickly. <laughs> Look, man, you all fired up. Leprosy <laughs> Edwards, Leon Edwards. I mean, he's back on now, though. I have to say, and he's only back on there because. Something tells me that there was some kind of like chicanery going on in the background. Look, you agree to this um, Chimaev or Kamzat Chimaev fight. We mm-hmm. put you back in the rankings. You don't agree to it. Well, come on. Do you no want to fight respect. or not? No. If you want to fight, yeah. you're in the rankings. And here's but the, anyway, sorry. It, right, because I'm pretty sure on Shots Fired, one of us is going to complain about that shit. I'm, I will put money <laughs> on it. So we'll get to that, <laughs> listeners. Don't get too excited. But... Here's um, MMA by Milken has a question, and it's about the ladies. Should Felice Herring and Nina Ansaroff be kicked off the rankings? For Remember, they took yes. Tatiana off. That's right. For consistency, yes. All these inactive fighters, all these fighters who've been out for the longest while, how did they justify their position? Right. There are exceptions, we know, <laughs> Conor McGregor being one. But Felice Herring, come on now. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, and here's another thing. It's not just what I'm seeing with the with the rankings is this. One, 
when people tell me rankings don't matter. Yes, they do. Did you see how they mm. strong arm um, fucking Leon Edwards with rankings? They sh- <laughs> like they do matter. Do you see what they do with the rankings? Even though because you know, did you notice that sometimes the UFC puts on fights and they completely ignore the rankings, and we're like, what the fuck? How did this happen? And then that's when you mm. get rankings don't matter. Yes, they do. They just manipulate them. And secondly, exactly. And secondly. Yes, remove all inactive fighters, which is to include mm. Connor and everybody else that's on vacation. It shouldn't just be money makers get to stay inactive and be on the rankings. It should be everyone. So if you're going to take Tatiana Suarez off the rankings, do it for Connor while he's in France taking his dick out and not fighting. Take him <laughs> off the off the rankings too. Just because he's a money maker doesn't mean he gets to stay on the rankings and then you take Tatiana off the rankings. Take everybody for inactivity and set a precedent. Be professional and don't manipulate. Yeah. One rule. Go ahead. Exactly. One rule for one, one rule for all. It should be everybody's under the same rules. Exactly. And then this special treatment. And the money makers will come back regardless of whether you take them off the rankings. And I bet you if you take Connor off the rankings, he's going to come right back just like Leon did. So I feel like you could use that tactic for everybody. And if you set a precedent of removing fighters for inactivity, you might get less inactivity. You know? Oh, 100%. Shit. Make me all mad. I feel like I need to work at the UFC and clean all this up. <laughs> um, we, got, we got one more? One more. Um, David Jackson, pretty simple question. Um, he's, he thinks it's got to be the number one question right now, David Jackson. He says, mm-hmm. will Dustin and Connor fight at 155 for that vacant belt? Yes, there is no way that anybody can tell me they're going to let that opportunity pass them by. It is basically a title matchup. When you think of what has happened now, when you think of the big gaping hole and the ability of these two to fill that, man, you could see, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but the abrupt way in which um, Dana White um, left the post-fight presser, typically he gives quite a nice, long, spirited um, sit-down session with mm-hmm. the assembled journalists. Mm-hmm. He couldn't wait to get out of there. And it was almost as though, you know, this does present him with a problem now. The fact that, you know, you've got somebody who has won the belt mm-hmm. who instantly vacated it yep. because he's retired. So yep. that is a big headache for him. That's a big issue. But this, for me, is a very quick fix. What do you think? Oh, I think we are not going to see the tournament we were just drooling and talking about. You can throw that out the window because that is the appropriate thing to do. We're not seeing that tournament. So what I think Dana is going to do is simply make Dustin versus Connor yeah. the, the lightweight vacant. Why? Because Dustin has a following. People love him. And also mm. Connor to be a, a champ again and back in the UFC defending it. Well, po- hopefully defending his belt. You know, he doesn't do that much. But if you can <laughs> have Connor sitting at the top of the throne in the UFC and then to beat Dustin Poirier, they're going to do it. And what makes me so sad about that is that Justin kind of deserves another not a chance at being champ, even though he lost to Khabib. We should be yeah. having a tournament. And Tony Ferguson is a contender. And then you hired Michael Chandler. It's just not fair that these men can't have a go at it and it's just going to be simply... Connor and Dustin, mind you, how many times has Connor fought in the lightweight division? Once. Yeah. And he's going to probably get an instant title shot with this vacant belt. It's not right, man. Yeah. It's not right. Yeah, but we've been around the houses with this. It's not right, but we know that, you know, what needs to happen is Dana has 
an objective here. Mm-hmm. He basically is trying to sell tickets. And tickets to basically the pay pay And he's the best promoter in the him. world. So as yes. much as I complain, Dana, if he heard this mm. show, he'd be like, shut up, bitch. You don't know nothing about this. And I make the most. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as much as we complain, he does make the decisions for the company. And the company seems to be doing all right. So he's probably like, mm-hmm. we don't need your little tournament, little girl. Sit down. So And he's going to do what he do. <laughs> But is it fair? Nah. And also that ranking shit ain't fair either, you know? I really wish he'd set a precedent with it instead of strong-arming people with it. But that's a whole nother conversation hopefully we're going to have on Shots Fired. And I also can't... Oh, no doubt. And I also can't wait to pull whose card? Kairos's card, who picked Justin to win inadimately, and he yelled at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He yelled at but me. But you, 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 you're going you're gonna to have to balance things up. He called it with the fact that Khabib wasn't going to be around next year, as Craig Mack yes, would say. Yes, he was absolutely <laughs> correct on that. And you know I love Kairos. I'm not going to get it in the yeah. ass too much, but I love gloating. Because, <laughs> you know, Kairos be yelling at me, and I'm sensitive, and I'd be like, Kairos. And then, you know, when he's not, when he's incorrect, I want to be like, I told you. So I look forward to Wednesday, and plus Kairos knows I love him. Oh, man. Well, we haven't got long until the next shot's fired. We'll be back midweek with Kairos and Chisanga. Until then, make some trouble.